hosts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. The market was up again last week, mainly because we got economic data that showed the U.S. economy is on solid footing. We had a better than expected jobs report, and in that report, we saw wage growth slow down from 3.4% to 3.2%. Now, how is that good, you ask? Well, the translation is we don't have a lot of inflation. We're growing and inflation remains low. Manufacturing and construction are booming. Who would have thunk? These are the two areas that kept us in check last year, housing and autos. And they've both reversed, and they're showing pretty strong numbers now. I'm not a big fan of the autos in general, but you probably already know that I like the home builders. I talked about D.R. Horton last week, symbol DHI. If you missed that episode, you might want to go back and give it a listen. I also talked about CarMax, symbol KMX during that show. Not an automaker, but a car seller, which I like. So we've had some decent economic data coming out. Now the focus is really going to be on earnings. Earnings season kicks off this week with the bank starting to announce how they did for the first quarter. Now, from a technical perspective, for you chart watchers out there, Market breadth has improved somewhat, which is positive, but but I think the market is overbought. We had a terrific first quarter, and I think we need to digest some of these gains that we've made before we move on. We've gone a long way without any type of meaningful pullback. A meaningful pullback is 3%. And sentiment is now approaching levels that's considered overly optimistic. I'd be real careful here in the short term. Welcome to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman, partner here at the XML Financial Group. If you're looking for someone to help you with your investments and planning, well, please give us a call. The number is 301-770-5234. So let's imagine that we do get some sort of short-term pullback in the market. What do we want to be looking at? What's going to offer us value here? That's what this show is about. It's about giving you ideas. And hopefully, you can take an idea away, at least one good idea that you can research and see if it makes sense for you. As I already mentioned, I talked about KMX and DHI last week. And over the last few weeks, I've talked about the 800-pound gorilla in the Semiconductor Capital Equipment Makers Group, Applied Materials symbol AMAT, which is trading at about $42 or 14 times this year's earnings and 12 times next year's earnings guesstimates. So it's fairly inexpensive now, but I'm cheap. So I'd be more interested in it below $40. Next week, we'll be taking a break from the show because it's our spring break. That's right. We all need a spring break, don't we? The answer is yes. We'll be back with a new show and a suntan on the 24th. If you haven't made plans for your spring break, but you need to, why don't you go to booking.com? That's the perfect segue into 
Booking Holdings, or what you may recognize as Booking.com, which is symbol BKNG. They operate six primary brands, Booking.com, Priceline.com, Kayak, Agoda, Rentalcars.com, and Open Table. People are spending more on travel and and experiences, and it doesn't look like that's going to slow down anytime soon, at least until a recession hits. When people want to go somewhere, what do they do? They go online. They go to Expedia or Booking.com so that they can bundle up their flight and their hotel options and hopefully save some money. Between the two, I like the model that Booking has as, say, compared to Expedia, both as a customer and as an investor. The difference is, is when you go to Booking, it's an agency model as opposed to a merchant model, meaning with Booking, I can pay for my hotel after my visit instead of upfront. I think this model has allowed them to create what I call the circle of growth. It drives more people to book through them, and that in turn drives more hotel inventory to the site, which drives more people to the site, and so on and so on and so on. Booking has about 400,000 traditional hotel properties compared to Expedia, which has a bit more, 440,000. So Expedia has more options, but customers book twice as many room nights through Booking.com as they do through Expedia. Now, together, Booking and Expedia have about 30% of the market, and the other 70%, well, it's just scattered around. Two things that you can take away here. There's more room for them to grow, and it's enough now to make it really hard for someone new to enter the market and gain share. I think Expedia and Booking will be battling it out between themselves. Unless, and this is the sticky wicket as they say, unless someone like Google or Amazon decide they want to enter that market. For now, I'm picking Booking. I think they've been able to build up scale in all the key markets, especially Europe and Asia. Now, they don't generate a ton of free cash flow. Some, but not a ton. They've been buying back stock. They've been reducing their debt. But most of the money they make is being pumped back into the business so that they can continue to grow scale. And that money that they pump back into the business is generating high rates of returns. Returns on shareholder equity hasn't gone below 30% for the last 15 years. Let's get to the nitty gritty of it. and Let's look at valuation. Earnings have grown at about 24% a year for the last five years on average. And that's a slowdown from 42% a year on average for the last 10 years. The average analyst estimates for next year is just over $100 per share in earnings. And with the stock trading at $17.70 right now, well, even small children should be able to tell us that hey, the stock is trading at about 17 or 18 times earnings. It was slightly cheaper during the financial crisis, but for the speculative-minded, I think BNKG is a buy at around $1,700. This is certainly for the more aggressive side of the portfolio, and it's not for everyone, but I think it's worth a look. BNKG. 
KG. We're overdue for a break, so we're going to step away for a minute. I'll look at pictures of sandy beaches in Florida, and when we come back, we'll spend a few minutes on investors' mindset. This is Eric Whiteman. This is Common Sense Investing, and this is The Break. worked hard. You've saved and invested along the way. Now you want to make sure that all your hard work pays off so you could do what matters most to you, whether it's paying for the kids' college expenses, giving back to your community, or ensuring a safe and comfortable retirement. Now is the time to start planning. Now is the time to get the advice you deserve. We have a team of experienced professionals who can help you navigate the investment landscape. Please call us at 301-770-5234 or visit us at www.xmlfg.com. Welcome back to today's edition of Common Sense Investing. Don't forget to visit us at xmlfg.com. That's where you can learn more about what we do for our day jobs and stay up to date on upcoming events. If you're looking for assistance, well, give us a call or email me at podcast, which is plural, podcast at xmlfg.com. You know, a lot of people want to be successful when it comes to investing. Who wouldn't, right? They dream of being able to divine the market tops and the market bottoms. They dream about finding the next big thing out there. They dream of financial independence. Yet, how many people are really willing to put in the time and the effort and the energy into making all this happen? Well, it turns out not many. Probably not surprising to a lot of you folks. A study done a while back by Tia Kreft found that Americans spend more time planning a purchase of a big screen TV than they did making an IRA investment. Let's change that. Let's change it today because today we're going to talk for a minute or two about developing that investor mindset. In my opinion, too many people are focused on the short run. How did my portfolio do yesterday? How did it do last week? Where am I for the quarter? Go to almost any website that's market related and you'll find tons of articles on what stock or what sector is going to stand out over the short term. But what I strongly suggest is that it's more important to be diversified. Diversification helps reduce excess risk, and it keeps you from having too much money in the wrong place. On top of diversification, you need to know the underlying fundamentals of what you own. And this is critical. You can't invest in individual stocks unless you understand what the companies do. So diversification and focusing on fundamentals are both critically important, but you also need to develop a good investor mindset. If you have a good investor mindset, well, you'll know the difference between making an investment and buying a lottery ticket. Buying a stock doesn't make you an investor. There's a big difference. big difference between investing and speculating. Now, there's nothing wrong with speculating as long as you know that's what you're doing and you're not doing it with money you can't afford to lose. Investors buy stocks 
to harvest the fruit they'll bear in the future, meaning the increasing dividends that a company is going to pay them and the potential capital appreciation along the way. If you're buying a stock without doing the proper homework, then you're just speculating. What I'd suggest is that you approach it as if you had enough money to buy buy the entire company. You'd ask yourself, what kind of business do I want to own? Well, you probably want to own a company that's growing and making money and not one that you have to keep pumping money into and hoping that someday it'll pay off for you. Okay, so let's say you found a really good business. Congratulations, that's awesome. As soon as you buy it, the market drops or an analyst downgrades the company. Do you get nervous and sell it because you think the stock's history? If so, you're probably reacting to market opinion and perhaps not a real change in business fundamentals of the company that you bought. Speculators trade on market opinion, and it's important to them because they're renting the stock, not owning it for the long haul. In the short run, market opinion can and does move a stock, but investors, they've done their research and they know what's going on with the business. And most of the time, they should probably ignore the market opinion, assuming business fundamentals haven't changed. Just because the market pulled back doesn't necessarily mean the business has changed. Just because a fine business like Pepsi, symbol PEP, goes down $4 one day and up $4 the next, that doesn't mean that Pepsi sold less Pepsi one day and more the next. It's just the market. My point here is don't panic. Over the years, I've seen all kinds of interviews with great investors like Warren Buffett, and I've never seen him in a panic state. Be calm, be patient, and let the fundamentals be your guide. That's all we have time for today. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. And if you like the show, well, share it with a friend. Until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow them. Okay, you've listened to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.